to tell us his personal memories of his interactions with and his darshans of and his hearing of his divine grace Srila Prabhupada who is clearly uh, the most important preacher of Krishna consciousness in the world in the present era of course he's departed from this world now but his influence is still very much felt uh, we'll record this and uh, one of our god brothers in America Siddhanta Prabhu is releasing recordings of devotees speaking their memories of Srila Prabhupada and this is not just for us now here today but this is for devotees in the future in the next hundred years two hundred years five hundred years five thousand years devotees will be very grateful that we uh, shared these memories I shared my memories in the form of a book and I request Mahaman Prabhu to do so now uh, verbally and I might just ask a question interject something here or there but otherwise Jai Srila Prabhupada Om Ajnananti Mirandasya Jnananjana Shalakya Chakshurun Militam Yena Tasmai Shri Gurve Namaha Yes, does it come in the picture? Hare Krishna So, His Holiness Bhaktivikash Maharaj requested me to share some of my memories of Srila Prabhupada and some realizations that I have. I met Srila Prabhupada in 1972. I was a student in the University of Liverpool and uh, at that time I was questioning my very existence. What is the purpose of life? And as it happened during that time, this world was undergoing some very specific dangerous conditions like mass starvation in Biafra and then also the India-Pakistan war plus generally so much so many disturbances. So, I was somewhat very sensitive to the suffering in this world. And uh, I also at one point joined the Communist Society of England thinking that perhaps they might be able to offer some solution. But actually I found that it was not at all satisfying I did some social work with them, but not in the least satisfied. When I approached my professors in the uh, university, in some universities in England, they have a tutorial system. For every few, say five, six students, they have a tutor assigned 
to take of the extracurriculum activities, not only the syllabus, but to see general welfare of the students. So, in my case, I approached these tutors and I asked them, frankly, what is the goal of life? Would you be able to explain? So, most of them, they did not have any interest or any knowledge and I was really flabbergasted when one of them actually told me that don't even ask such questions, let's have a nice time. And himself, I myself, I'm just after material sense enjoyment. So I was not in the least satisfied with them. And uh, I tried to read some philosophies, quite a few philosophical books. But still, I was not really very satisfied. So, Krishna is the perfect timer. Krishna, what the things he times are done perfectly. Actually, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, time I am, and only Krishna can actually manage time. And he has his own plans. So, by this divine arrangement of Krishna. One day I happened to go to Oxford Street for some work. Perhaps Oxford Street is the sense gratification capital of the world. Okay. Oxford Street is in London and uh, Undoubtedly, you will find any type of sense gratification there. I don't even wish to mention what type of sense gratification. But I had some work, I had to go there. So, all of a sudden, in Oxford Street, I saw, at first I heard the jingling of Kartals. Later I know that it was Kartals, but first I thought it was just some bells. And Maridanga. And devotees dancing in Kirtan, all white skinned. Some Matajis also did that. So I was just surprised. What is this going on? I couldn't figure out. What is this? Some Kirtan party. And right in the capital of Maya's kingdom, Oxford Street. So, anyway, I approached them and this party came a little nearer. They, one of the devotees, they, with a shaven head and saffron clothes, gave me a card with the address of the temple. Actually, the temple was, happened to be quite nearer to Oxford Street, just walking distance from Oxford Street in Seven Bury Place. So I took that card and the devotee also inspired me to take one book. And this book is titled Easy Journey to Other Planets. So I took the book just because the name seemed very fascinating. I had no idea what it was all about. But the name, title seemed to be very attractive, very fascinating. So I took that book easy journey to other planets. And on my way home from the Oxford Street station, 
I just started to read a few pages of the book and perhaps you have read this book. This is actually Bhagavad Gita and the Vedic literatures but in a very scientific language. Prabhupada uses terms like neutrons, protons, nuclear, so many other words which are technical scientific terms. So then uh, that's aroused some more interest in me having had some background, scientific background as a mechanical engineer. So it inspired me. I read through the whole book and uh, this was like the beginning of this. I thought that perhaps here is some scientific explanation of what life is about, what is the purpose of life. Because earlier on in my university career, none of the professors, teachers or even my friends could answer these questions. So a few days later, I saw that this uh, card which the devotees had given me with the Mahamantra written and the address of the temple there, Sevenbury Place. I somehow made a trip to this temple and my good fortune was that Srila Prabhupada happened to be there at that time. This is also, as I said earlier, Krishna's timing. Krishna has brought this movement at the perfect time. One Mataji, a young Mataji, she asked to Srila Prabhupada, Prabhupada, why did you not, Shri Shri Radha Madhav Ki Jai, why did you not come earlier? Why was this movement not started earlier? And Prabhupada gave a very nice reply. Prabhupada said, because you were not present there at that time. <laughs> because you were not there at that time. I was waiting for you. <laughs> so, Krishna is the best timer. He knows how to time things. Exactly at the right time, this movement came to the West, to the right person. And exactly at the right time, I met Srila Prabhupada. Because I was having doubts, what is the purpose of life? And no one was able to answer that. So the first lecture that I heard Srila Prabhupada giving was, in that lecture, although I had no idea what this philosophy or anything is about, somehow I entered the temple, Srila Prabhupada was sitting on the Vyasasan, and he, the first thing I heard was, Prabhupada said, Krishna is present in the deities, pointing out to the deities. Krishna is there. But if you think that he is a stone, then he will remain a stone. That seemed to be a very profound statement to me at that time. I had no idea what this was. But he was saying with so much emphasis and so much conviction, Krishna is there. But if you think he is just a stone, then he will remain a stone. And then also, in that same lecture, Prabhupada said that uh, practice Krishna consciousness seriously and don't show off, don't take to this Krishna consciousness just for showing off. 
I couldn't analyze why exactly at that particular point Prabhupada had said that, but this what he said, don't take to Krishna consciousness just for showing off. So, after this lecture, the devotees went up on the third floor where Srila Prabhupada was staying of the Bari Place temple for darshan. I had no idea what to do, but because everyone was going, so I also followed. I also went with them. And we entered Prabhupada's room where Prabhupada was giving darshan to devotees as well as some life members and some congregational members. After this darshan, actually during the darshan also, I remember one Indian person was saying that uh, it is natural for have to have sense enjoyment. Why are we being so restrictive? And Prabhupada answered that life is very dangerous. He said that you do not know when you will be killed. Any moment you may die. So at the end of the darshan, all the devotees went one by one to offer their obeisances. So I had no idea, but because everyone was offering the obeisances, I also went to offer my obeisances to Srila Prabhupada. And something wonderful happened at that point, which turned my life to spiritual life. And the experience I can never forget. Srila Prabhupada spoke to me at that time one word that made all the difference to my life. He was always very humble. He with this oceanic smile, Prabhupada touched my head and said this one word, Jai. That was enough to convince me. That one word, Jai. And he smiled at me somehow. I had no idea. But that small, it's not small, it's the biggest incident. The biggest incident in my life. The best incident in my life. One Vaishnava poet has written, Narottam Das Thakuri, has written that just by approaching a saintly person of the caliber of Srila Prabhupada, other Mahabhagavas, all of one's sinful reactions are immediately burnt up. So that's what I felt, that my sins were gone just by being in presence of Prabhupada and I had feelings that Krishna was present in that room. And I have shared these feelings with many other devotees and any devotees who who had actually met Srila Prabhupada also had the same feelings that Krishna was present with him. So at that moment itself, I resolved. I offered my obeisances to Srila Prabhupada and I said that I am going to serve him lifelong. He is going to be my master lifelong. Forget all my other things. My parents were very disturbed. My sister stopped coming to the temple. Later on when she found out that I have joined the temple, she would not come to the temple for 15 years. <laughs> we have snatched our brother away. <laughs> so she was very upset. My parents were very upset also. But I did not care. 
So in the service of the spiritual master, both things are important, Vapu and Vani. Vapu means to serve his physical manifestation and Vani means to follow his instructions. So in my case, I found that and I still remember with favorable memories this one incident when Srila Prabhupada touched my head and said this one word to me, Jai. And Vani means to follow his instructions. So when I started going to the temple, I met one of the first devotees was Vichitravidya Prabhu, who was the in charge of the temple at that time. So I just, out of curiosity, wanted to know a little more what is the philosophy and everything. And Vichitravidya Prabhu, he made a very nice comment. He said that to find such a person, to have such a person on this planet itself is a miracle. And what to speak of having or living in the same house under the same roof with Srila Prabhupada. So I can understand that Prabhupada is very, very special. That was at the time uh, when I just started going to the temple. Every time Srila Prabhupada would chant Jai Radha Madhava, I would feel like crying. Actually, tears of tears would just come out. His whole body was shaking when he used to sing Jai Radha Madhava. I did not take so much advantage of his personal association, partly because the senior devotees at that time were not allowing, they were being very restrictive. This is understandable. They did not also want that Prabhupada should be disturbed too much. But of my own, I feel that I should have endeavored more to take his physical Vapu association. Though mostly I served his Vani. After this Bari place, when I moved to Bari place, in fact, actually, when I moved to Bari place, for a few days I was there. At that time, the temple president was Dhananjay Prabhu. So, I asked Dhananjay Prabhu if I could start actually staying in the temple, not only visiting, but actually staying in the temple. So Dhananjay Prabhu actually encouraged me that since I was in the final year of my course, he said, go ahead and finish the course and then come. Because people do appreciate graduates and learned people. This does have impact on that. So he encouraged me. So I went back reluctantly. I wanted to keep on staying in the temple. But then I also thought Dhananjay Prabhu was well-meaning. So I went back to the university and finished my course. Later on, <clears throat> I moved to the Bhaktivedanta Manor, and there I was engaged in book distribution for some time, and also life membership preaching, and cultivating the congregation there. 
<coughs> one time Srila Prabhupada came to the manager to the manor. His health was not so good. At one on one day, Srila Prabhupada <coughs> his favorite preparation was a Bengali preparation called parabal, if I pronounce it correctly. It's called parabal. It's a vegetable preparation. Very popular in Bengal. So, Prabhupada desired this. I think Bengal is portal. Portal, excuse me. Right, portal. Portal is the right word. Hindi name is parabal. Bengali me portal kehte hain. Portal. So he was very uh, fond of this vegetable, por, uh, portal in Bengali, portal. So at that time, Harikesh Maharaj, now Harikesh Prabhu, he was uh, given this assignment to arrange everything for Srila Prabhupada. So somehow I was selected by Harikesh Prabhu go to the city, the city is about 20 kilometers from the manor and get some, I will say portals, that's the Bengali word, portals, get that because Prabhupada has asked that. So I thought this was a really an honor that I got and Harikesh, strict as he was, said with a warning, don't fail, get it, Prabhupada wants it. I went there and I got in touch with some of the local people in the place, Indians, who were quite familiar with the shopping and the markets in there. I went searching like anything to my dismay till the whole day, till the end of the day, I could not find the portals. And I had to come back with that. I feel really very sad. I could not fulfill the Prabhupada desire, but I tried every market, every shop that could have had, but I could not get it. I felt very sad about that. Srila Prabhupada was very unique in many ways. And uh, he introduced this, amongst other things, some Kirtan parties in many parts of the world and in London. When I joined Bury Place, I used to be very enthusiastic about these Samkirtan parties. This was our routine. Every morning after breakfast, we would, 10-15 devotees, go out with Midangas and Kartals and come back at five o'clock in the evening with some break break for lunch. Devotees would carry, other devotees would carry their lunch lunch for us. And it used to be so ecstatic. There's no place in the world we would have liked to be apart from that Samkirtan during that time. And I always looked forward to these Samkirtans. And especially on Fridays, Friday evening, because the 
weekend follows, Saturday and Sunday, and at least in London, the situation is that Saturday and Sunday are days off, both days. In India, it's only Saturday, uh, only Sunday. People work on Saturday. But there, Saturday and Sunday are day offs. So, Friday, people get into the mood for enjoyment. And especially in that area of Oxford Street and Bury Place, which was nearby. So, people were in this enjoying mood, all types of sense gratification. But it was during that time, during the, that time that there were a lot of people out there, that some Kirtan devotees would go and they would literally take over. The crowds would also many times join and feel very inspired. And whenever Srila Prabhupada was to leave for some other destination by flight especially devotees would always accompany Prabhupada to the airport or whenever he was arriving from some other destination the thing was that devotees would literally take over the airports the devotees were so ecstatic and no one would try to stop them at least in London or in England, perhaps it's different in America, but at least in London, devotees would literally take over the airports with their ecstatic kirtans. I was told also by one devotee, Vichitrivira in fact, that on one trip from London to Kolkata, when they were coming for the Mayapur festival, the devotees especially Mahavishnu Swami and some other devotees actually started dancing in the aeroplane itself. They were so ecstatic. So the air hostess, they became very disturbed. Please don't, something might happen to the aeroplane. They actually started dancing in the aeroplane. I was told this by Vichitraviryam Prabhu. Excuse One time, one Mayavadi sannyasi came to meet Srila Prabhupada. He had heard how dynamic this Krishna consciousness movement was and is directing so many people, especially western-bodied people. So many people, and also Indians, many Indians are there in England also. So this Mayavadi Sanyasi, he made a proposal to Srila Prabhupada, said, Swamiji, you are also Hindu, we are also Hindu, why don't we combine together and we will preach Hinduism? (laughs) Prabhupada told him frankly, no. And he told him, do you take tea? So he was thinking perhaps Prabhupada is offering tea. <laughs> of course Prabhupada was not offering tea. Prabhupada later on explained that they cannot even give up tea. And their philosophy is completely 
bogus and bona fide. And this Swami, so-called Swami, he had brought some leaflets with him to propagate his own so-called Siddhanta. So when this sannyasi, so-called sannyasi left, Prabhupada took his plate of prasadam and told them, we don't waste anything in Krishna consciousness. Use these leaflets for the prasadam. Prabhupada distributed, use those leaflets for distributing the prasadam. I came to, after that, in, to Delhi in 1977. In uh, about April or May, Srila Prabhupada's health had deteriorated very much. One time, Srila Prabhupada was being taken down the stairs. His room was on the second floor. He was being taken down the stairs on a palanquin. <clears throat> Even in his condition, he was very observant. He noticed everything. Nothing was missed by him. He saw one person in karmic clothes enter the pujari room where all the deities uh, paraphernalia are assembled and washed and everything. He had done some shopping. The devotees explained that he has just done some shopping to bring the... No. No entry with karmic clothes in the pujari department. He was very strict about it. Delhi. Delhi. Delhi temple. In Lajpatnagar. In the very second temple. First one was in Bengali colony. The second temple was in Lajpatnagar. Yeah. There. I was there. I was one of the palanquin holders. That was my great fortune. There were four palanquin holders. I was one of them. So Prabhupada chastised the managers. Why is he entering in the Pujari room with karmic clothes should be stopped. Yesterday, some of these press people were asking these questions. What is it that made you come to Krishna consciousness? You have left all the comforts, the opulence of the Western countries and come to India or come to this Krishna consciousness movement. So I replied to them that actually previously coming to this movement, previous to coming to this movement, life was very hellish actually. I told them, it was like narak. But coming to Krishna consciousness, we feel very happy. And day by day, we feel more and more Blissful. It's just like Dhruva Maharaj. It says in the Bhagavatam that I was looking for broken pieces of glass, but I have found diamonds. I have found the greatest riches in Krishna consciousness.
I would like to share one pastime of Shri Prabhupada when he was sick in America during the very early years, I would say around 69 or so. And uh, because of his ill health, some of the devotees at that time approached him and somehow these devotees they asked to Srila Prabhupada that Prabhupada can we with your permission approach some of your god brothers some of the other members of the Gauriyamat because you are quite unwell we don't want to stress you that time Prabhupada had tears in his eyes and Prabhupada said my spiritual master was special he saved me I just paraphrase this a little bit as I heard from some devotees is that Prabhupada said that I never ever thought of going to anyone for shelter except my Guru Maharaj and actually this is the secret of Srila Prabhupada's profound success he followed his Guru Maharaj Bhakti Siddhansra Sati Thakur relentlessly facing so many difficulties it is very unfortunate that even after achieving such a miraculous feat which could easily be and which will be recognized in the future as the greatest miracle in creation and Srila Prabhupada will be accredited to be the greatest seeing in advance what would you call it far reaching far seeing person Durdarshi Pardarshi in Hindi would call you would the greatest vision visionary greatest visionary history will recognize that in due time as I was saying that uh After Srila Prabhupada returned to India after performing this most miraculous feat of changing the hearts of so many people and the movement goes on and on unlimitedly. So when Prabhupada returned to India Many of his God brothers appreciated what he had done. Even they themselves were not able to do it, but they did not envy, rather they appreciated what he had achieved. Many of them appreciated. However, a few of his God brothers were very pessimistic about his preaching, very negative about his preaching. And a few of them 
even very audaciously said that what Swamiji, because amongst the Prabhupada's brothers, God brothers, he was known as Swami Maharaj. That was the name given by his sannyas guru, Bhakti Pragya, Bhakti Pragya Keshav Maharaj. Bhakti Pragya Keshav Maharaj. He had given him this sannyas name, Swami Maharaj. So, the God brothers would say, what Swami Maharaj, not all of them, some of them would say, what Swami Maharaj has done is not that wonderful. We could have also done. Prabhupada, in response to this, you can check this on the Veda base. Prabhupada has given a, cited a very nice story. It's so nice to hear this story directly or transcription of that story from Srila Prabhupada's lotus mouth. This is the story regarding Columbus. <laughs> this is a, yes. Directly from Prabhupada. The incident happened actually, the, both things are there. Prabhupada said this in connection with the Goryamath also and also one time when he was in Hyderabad, he was in his room at that time and Srila Prabhupada wanted to, uh, he had a very beautiful picture of his Guru Maharaj, Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. He wanted to hang this suitably so he could see it. He asked some of his disciples. Unfortunately, the shape of the room, the corners and all that, for whatever reasons it was designed in that particular way, no matter how hard the disciple tried, he just could not hang this beautiful picture of Bhakti Siddhanta, which Prabhupada wanted very much to have this photo. Then Prabhupada told the disciple, give the picture to me, I will show you how to hang it. And Prabhupada hanged it. I'm not sure of the details how he did it, but it's recorded in the story that Prabhupada hanged it and in that connection, Prabhupada said, this is Columbus. This is, he could do it. And in connection with the Goryamath, this is how Prabhupada also said that. He's from his own lotus mouth. Prabhupada gives this story in the folio. It is recounted that Columbus was a very brave person and very intelligent person. And also Prabhupada in other places mentions this intelligence is also due to Krishna. In the Bhagavad Gita it is said, Purisham Rishu, I am the intelligence of all people. So, Columbus is accredited with discovery of many things. Amongst his discoveries is that he discovered or established rather, that this world is round. So if you go from one particular place and go, keep on going in one direction, you'll come back to the same place. Other philosophers also and other geographers also had postulated it, but Columbus is the one who actually proved it or established it. So he did that, that supposing you want to come 
from Spain where he was staying to India, you don't have to only go east. You can also come by your western route. So anyway, he discovered America and some other places, although some other people got the credit for it. I'm not going to get into historical and geographical details here. When he returned to Spain, there was a party held in his honor. The king, if I remember, King Ferdinand and his wife Isabella were also present there. So this party was held and by and large all the people were appreciating his great monumental work. Just having two small or three small ships, not even ships, they could be called only a boat. Three boats and going all the way from Spain and discovering America. He was, everyone was really appreciating him. And it was an appreciable, appreciable work which he had done. However, in that party, there was one very envious person and who would always chide or he would always find faults with Columbus. I don't understand why he's being given so much importance. We Spanish are all very brave people. Any one of us could have done what Columbus has done. It's beyond me to understand why he is being given so much recognition. He would say openly like that. So Columbus tolerated all this. Because a great man, he does not care for all this fault finding. He is well established in his own glory. There is a saying that when the caravan passes, well, so many things happen, but the caravan goes on. In Hindi, there is a saying that when an elephant goes, the dogs, they will bark. But the elephant does not care for them. The elephant keeps on walking. So Columbus, he tolerates all, all this. It doesn't affect my position at all. But when this person became a little too much, so Columbus wanted to teach him a lesson. And so he told him. At that time Columbus was eating, or they were having in the party, boiled eggs. So he took one boiled egg and he told, he challenged to everyone, make this egg stand vertically like this, without any external. I'm using a sport, but but make this egg stand vertically without any external support. Horizontally is easy, anyone can do. But make it stand vertically without any external support. So he challenged everyone, can anyone do it? So everyone denied, no, we cannot do. Then Columbus challenged this person who was very envious. Now you try it, you are talking so much. Let's see you try this. And he said, this man said, no, I cannot do, and Columbus, you mark my words. You won't be able to do it either. You'll just make a mockery of yourself. Columbus said, no, I can do it, and I will show you how to do it. So he took that boiled egg and took a knife. He scrapped the bottom part of it, made it level, and blow. The egg was standing vertically 
without any external support, only by itself. So, this man and others also, they said, Columbus, this is very easy. We could have all done it. <laughs> Columbus said, that because I have shown you how to do it. Now you are saying it is very easy. So similarly, some of the God brothers of Prabhupada who were saying that they could have done it. They even said that this was going to happen anyway. Some of the God brothers said that. Why was it going to happen anyway? Because it says right in the Chaitanya Bhagavad, Prithvete Achayatrana Gradigam, Sarvatra Prachar, Hoibe Morenam. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu himself has said that his names will be spread all over the world. But if that is so, then why did it not happen until Srila Prabhupada made it happen? He actually made it happen. So, this uh, story nicely illustrated. It takes special intelligence. Prabhupada had that. One famous sociologist has made a very interesting observation that if you are planning to do something which will last for one year, then you just plant rice because that's the time it takes to fructify or mature. Within one year the rice will be ready. If you are looking only for one year, planning only for one year, then do only rice. But if you are planning something for a little longer, say 20 years, then you should plant trees. Because trees take 20 years to grow. Something like that. Just a general quotation. But if you are planning something which will last for centuries, then you should plant men. And that's what Srila Prabhupada did. He planted men. He cultivated men. That's why this movement will go on for 100 centuries, which is 10,000 years. Which is predicted in the Shastra. It will go on for 10,000 years. So I think, how are you doing for time? I think I should end here. What impressed me about Srila Prabhupada was he was always very humble, very warm person, a very warm person. And as I recounted, my very first meeting with him changed my life. That just one word and smile plus the transcendental touch on my head were enough to change my life. And I recall that very often. Whenever I'm going through some difficult period in my spiritual life, in my devotional life, this is what solaces me. I should not boast about it, but I cannot also hide the mercy which Srila Prabhupada has offered or given to me. As I said, Vapu and Vani are both important. 
I did not have so much Vapu association. I had more Vani association. But that Vapu for just a few seconds was enough to change my life. Even in his own life, Srila Prabhupada mentions that. It is not that he met Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sri Thakur so many times. He met him only four or five times. Yet Prabhupada took the instructions of Bhakti Siddhanta Sri Thakur to his heart as the only purpose or goal of his life. Prabhupada said, we have to become sincere. Once Prabhupada was asked, how can we become sincere? Many devotees have that question. We should all have that question. How can we become sincere? Because Prabhupada has mentioned many times that devotees should become sincere. So Prabhupada replied to this question, how can we become sincere? By saying, you can become sincere by becoming sincere. So sincerity is what will give us strength. In the pastimes of Srila Bhaktivinoda Thakur, it is just unimaginable how much he achieved. He was a district magistrate, one of the very few magistrates appointed by the British government at that time. He had to take care of his family. Nine children, I believe, right? Nine children? Bhaktivinoda Thakur? Bhaktivinoda Thakur had nine children? Thirteen. Thirteen children. Quite large family. District magistrate. So much responsibility as district magistrate, plus so many other social responsibility. Yet, he was always spiritually involved. These things he just did as a by the way, just it was necessary to do. He had no so much interest in this so-called mundane things. His prime interest was only to write Krishna's literature, to propagate that, write the bhajan songs which we sing all the time. Prabhupada explains, why was this? How could he achieve this? He could achieve this because of this one quality of sincerity. And in the Bhagavad purpose, also Srila Prabhupada stresses this quality of sincerity. Even if we do not have other qualities, and actually in Kalyuga, we are not very qualified. We are not very advanced devotees. At least I am not. But Prabhupada said that if you have this one quality of sincerity, you may be lacking in many other qualities. That quality alone is enough to make you advancement. Krishna will take you to the highest level of advancement, provided you have this one quality of sincerity. I would like to end here. Some other session I can share some more pastimes. Okay, sure. Thank you very much. Just one special clarification. Um, I seem to remember I first met you in 1975. As I remember, I first met you in 1975. And 
and uh, we're still at the university then, I met the devotees in 72. I started going to the temple in 72 end and it was in 72 end that Dhananjay Prabhu advised me to go on and finish my course. I finished my course in 73 and joined as a full-time devotee in 73. And in 75 we were traveling together with Bhakti Brajendra Nandan Swami and some other devotees in the uh, van we would go uh, from city to city in the van, sleeping in the van, cooking in the van, everything in the van. The van was everything for us. And for taking bath, we would go to the sea. Even in winter, we would take bath in the sea or some river because it was too expensive to stay in any hotel. We just could not afford it. We, all day long we are distributing books and if we spend on the hotels, we could not maintain ourselves. We had to take bath in the sea and or in the river. And a uh, few times we were fortunate to have Bhakti Vikash Maharaj with us when we were distributing the books. And then later the same thing we did in India. I was in the BBT library party. We were distributing Bhagavad sets to colleges and uh, universities and other institutions. And uh, Maharaj was also there for some time. I just request, uh, just one, narrate one incident that happened in Chennai. In those days, our movement was not so, not so well accepted in India. People would make some blind charges. Oh, they are CIA. This was very common. CIDA ye to ye log. It is CIA, CID, or that, uh, uh, one, uh, musician or actor, Bombay may Devananda. Devananda. Dhammarudam or something like that. He was preaching they are all hippies and all. They were he was uh, this mispropaganda. So anyway, South India in Chennai, we went to one particular college to distribute Bhagavatam sets. Actually I was somehow made the leader of that party which was going there. So in those days, the movement was not very well accepted. And in fact, we got more opposition in many parts of India than even in the West. I never experienced such hostility even in the West against devotees. Here in Chennai, I went to one college with a van and Bhagavatam sets and we were preaching to some students and these students were so adamant, no, no. Darwin is the voice. We will not hear anything from you. We will hear only Darwin. So we tried to as much as possible. But they got so wild. They did not have even the minimum courtesy. We are visitors at least. Even if you want to debate, debate on in a sensible way. They almost set fire to our vehicle. And we had to just rush with the vehicle to save the vehicle and our lives. This happened in India. We could not believe it. First of all, they got agitated because I was new to the culture of India, having brought up in London. And I somehow started speaking in Hindi. They got mad. 
this is Chennai. Speak in Tamil. I said, I'm sorry, I don't know Tamil. <laughs> then I started speaking in English, pacified them a little bit. So anyway, I'm just saying that now we are very fortunate due to the good reputation of ISKCON. So many projects have been started all over India. So much book distribution, so many devotees have been made. In the old days, it was very difficult. And in fact, I also would just share one of Prabhupada's statements that when Prabhupada went to London one time, he did not want to actually return to India. He said that here the devotees are and the general population are so receptive. At least in the West, no one was trying to stop this movement, stifle this movement. In India, there was a deliberate attempt to actually stop or finish this movement, although they could not do it. It is Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's movement. No one can stop it. But Prabhupada realized in London, because he always knew that this project in Mayapur would not happen until unless he came. Although Prabhupada was really very flabbergasted with many of the situations in India, he said, no, I have to go there, go back to Mayapur to make things happen. So he came back to India. One other pastime which I narrated yesterday, then I'll close. That uh, the uh, patrakars, the uh, news persons were asking, why did you come here? Or why did you join, uh, why did you leave your previous situations and join ISKCON? It came to my mind when Prabhupada came to London one time. In that press conference, one reporter asked the Swamiji, he asked in a very challenging mood, why did you come here? He was challenging, what is the need for you to come here? And Prabhupada replied, I came here to give you what you left behind, what you forgot when you left India. You British people, they took everything from India, which is true. They took the Kohinoor. Tharoor said that a few days ago. He could say it much better than I. He has more statistics than myself. He told in a debate in Oxford how they made millions of people starve in India so that the British coffers could fill up. I don't have the statistics. But the point that I am making is, Prabhupada said, you took away everything from India except the most valuable thing that you left behind there. So this person was not convinced. He was thinking, perhaps we did bring everything. What is it that we left? <laughs> he was thinking that perhaps some other jewel is left or something like that. Maybe more precious than the Kohinoor. <laughs>
So he was thinking, asking with that mentality. But Prabhupada replied that the most precious thing you left behind in India only. And that is the culture of India. Sanskriti, the religion of India. That you forgot there, you did not bring. That will save the whole world. Srila